leading a startup team, whether you're delivering a sugar rush, stocking coffee, or getting a regular delivery of snacks, Office Depot has solutions that fit every startup culture, from getting those first business cards and stationery to ordering fleece pullovers with your new logo. To learn how Office Depot and the California Technology Council have partnered to bring you savings on all of these startup essentials and more, go to californiatechnology.org forward slash member benefits. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. Artificial intelligence is being embraced by the pharmaceutical industry as a way to reduce the time and cost of drug development. BioXL Therapeutics is using AI to leverage as a means to identify new targets for approved drugs and clinically validated drug candidates with a focus on oncology and neurology. We spoke to Vimel Mehta, CEO and founder of BioXL, about the company's AI platform what makes it unique, and its pipeline of repurposed therapies. Bamal, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Danny, for inviting us. It's my pleasure. We're going to talk about BioXL Therapeutics, its artificial intelligence platform, and its pipeline of therapies in development for immuno-oncology and neurological diseases. But let's start with the platform I think AI has become a buzzword in drug development. What's BioXL's AI platform? What makes it unique? That's a great question, Danny. Uh, you are absolutely right that AI has become a buzzword. But BioXL <coughs> Therapeutics has been doing this for over a decade. So BioXL Therapeutics was spun out of a parent company, BioXL Corporation, uh, which was founded in 2005, and they've been working with over 200 partners um, and validating algorithms before AI became an AI. They were doing data analytics, then they moved into big data analytics, and now machine learning and AI platform. So BioXL Therapeutic used that platform, which has worked with 200 biopharma companies, some of the well-known names like Takeda, Alexion, and Nylum, and they validated the algorithms and they used those algorithms to identify two assets that are in bioxyl therapeutics, one in neuroscience for acute treatment of agitation, which is a very large healthcare burden, and second one is in immuno-oncology, uh, targeting the innate immunity in combination with other therapies to uh, address unmet medical need uh, in big cancers like pancreatic cancer and uh, neuroendocrine prostate cancer. And are you using this for target identification to identify drugs for repurposing or using it in the development of the drugs in any way? So that's a great question. Um, we normally uh, use our platform on drugs that have gone all the way to phase two and beyond. So we don't work at an early discovery. We are not taking any risk 
related to early discovery and the phase one. So compound, we believe there is a large number of compound that are either for one reason or the other stuck in phase two, or these drugs have been approved, but their full potential has not been exploited because information is growing so fast that there are 50 million publications and then you have 5,000 publications coming every day. So information growth is so much nobody can keep up with this except the machine. So we have built machines who can crunch this information and help us identify unhidden connections. And that's exactly what we do and that's exactly what we did in terms of identification of BXL501 and 701. So the data that's driving this, it's all publicly available in, in medical journals and elsewhere, or are you using any proprietary data on top of that? So when we are identifying as, uh, things for biocell therapeutics, we use information that we can uh, get our hands on and mostly public information. Um, but the including the social media or any information that's available in black and white, we try to integrate that. Uh, but when we uh, work with partners, if they happen to have their own proprietary information, then we integrate it. But you are right that most of the time we are taking advantage of the information that's out there. And are you looking solely to repurpose other compounds or are you looking at all at, at novel compounds? So we, uh, like, you know, look at both. So we, the way biocell therapeutics works is we identify a healthcare problem. And in neuroscience program, we identified agitation as one of the problems. It's uh, over $100 billion of healthcare burden resulting from multiple neuropsychiatric diseases. And we wanted to solve that. So we started with that problem. We knew it's a big healthcare problem. There is non-invasive treatments are not available and there is a strong need across the spectrum uh, in schizophrenia, bipolar, Alzheimer's, dementia, opiate withdrawal, hyperactive delirium. So once we identify this drug, which is called, like you know, in its previous incarnation is Pacidex, sold by Pfizer and, and uh, Hospera. It is a, uh, like you know, approved as a sedative agent and it is injectable in its current form, and it's off patent. So once we identify this mechanism, and its mechanism and this compound was very selective, alpha-2 agonist, we looked at the unmet need and realized that in current form it cannot be used. You can go at, with a syringe at the agitated patient. They feel more agitated. So we converted this into a sublingual thin film that you put it under the tongue. It has a mint taste. It's green in color, and it uh, have a, has a rapid onset of action uh, so that patients who are agitated, they can calm down. So I think coming back to your question, um, we at Biocell Therapeutics look at both novel drugs as well as drugs that are like, you know, in phase two or all the way to market it, and we call this as our drug renovation process. So we are finding a paths that they can, that could be commercially viable and it can produce new therapies for the patient. That's where we focus on. If some new therapies, like, you know, innovative therapies are there, then we put them into our partnering bucket 
the thing that will be partner with somebody who will be has a more strategy to develop innovative therapies and they want to develop either at a target level or at a uh, like you know preclinical level what's the case for this approach short of uh, a market approval is there some proof of concept that this is a better cheaper faster way to get drugs to market so um that that uh, in terms of biocell therapeutics we are a first public company that is utilizing ai we believe uh, in drug development and we have the most advanced candidate so coming back to your question regarding the uh, like you know efficiencies we believe that our process is 4 to 5 years from the starting point to filing an nda new drug application with the fda and that's the process we want to maintain and vision of the companies to come up with one nda every 2 to 3 years you know traditional uh, drug development is almost 10 to 15 years and it takes very long time and your probability of success is 1 in 10 so lot of cost involved so what we are trying to do using the technology or what technology is allowing us to do is convert that into a 4 to 5 year drug development process and bring r&d economics that has not been seen before increase the probability of success uh, as well as bring development efficiency so to give you an example bxcl501 uh, program will we expect to file our first nda uh, next year like you know in 2020 second half of 2020 we just announced the data for bxcl501 um this week in fact uh, on uh, monday and this was a phase 1b data where we showed the pharmacokinetics uh, safety and the exposure levels uh, which we had seen uh, in our previous studies uh, what is required for efficacy so um now we are initiating a phase 2 that's a short trial duration of these trials is very short it's about 200 patient and then we will initiate by the end of the year phase 3 registration trial one in schizophrenia one in bipolar which is expected to read out in first half of 2020 that will enable us to file our nda so it's a very rapid development of path uh, market opportunity is very large uh, there are about 18 to 19 people million people who suffer or who are at risk of agitation out of that over 8 million patients uh, do experience agitation and agitation is a spectrum between mild to moderate to aggressive state and we believe the moderate state is about over 3 million patients so it's about 1/3 1/3 and sublingual film is very well suited for mild to moderate segment and maybe also for moderate to aggressive the patient who will be willing to take the uh, sublingual film so we see this as a very high end medical need there are a lot of uh, uh, patients who can benefit from this drug and also it's a large com- commercial opportunity for the company i i want to also talk about your your other lead candidate but before you do that bioxcel describes itself as both a neuroscience and immunology company uh, these are highly specialized areas what gives you the confidence as a small 
biotech to pursue such highly specialized areas of medicine? Is there a case for why these two go together? <laughs> so um, uh, that's a very relevant question, considering uh, how much expertise is required in a biotech that you have to have a focus. At this point in time, we felt that uh, we can pursue uh, both the opportunities in terms of development because, as I indicated, we identify an asset and uh, through our AI platform, we validate that through translational work. If we see that our hypothesis is validated, which is about a six to nine month process, then we look for commercial viability and initiate a small human proof of concept trial. So currently, we have built our capability to be able to do that in both neuroscience and even oncology. Then our uh, next process is initiating the registration trials. For our program 501, we have all the capabilities to conduct the registration trials and then be able to, uh, in future, like by 2021, launch the product. In immuno-oncology, uh, like, you know, these are longer trials and it requires a lot more capabilities. So we have partnered. Like, what we have done is we have Pfizer, uh, Merck, Serono, uh, like, you know, from uh, uh, Germany, as well as we have Nectar from San Francisco as our partner. So pancreatic cancer trial we are conducting in partnerships, our program 701, which is a orally available systemic activator of innate immunity and it we believe it is one of the most advanced agent which is systemic in nature. Other agents are normally uh, intertumorally injected because uh, of the potential toxicity associated when they are given systematically. So we feel that we have advantage and we are combining with adaptive immunity agent, which Nectar has, NKTR214, plus uh, Pfizer and Merck have, are doing a co-development for a value map, which is a approved drug. So we're combining three agents for uh, treatment of pancreatic cancer. What? Our data in preclinical and translational work has been quite astounding, where we have seen complete elimination of the tumors in the syngenic mouse model. And when we challenge them again with the tumor, the uh, tumors don't grow, so that confirmed formation of memory T cell. So we are very excited, and uh, for immuno-oncology program, we thought it was good to have a partner uh, for pancreatic, and our partners were excited to come on board. What is 701, and how does it work? So 701 is a compound that uh, uh, is a... Uh, Activator of DPP-8 and 9, it's a, it's a DPP-8 and 9 uh, inhibitor, and also it works on a fibroblast activating protein by inhibiting. So basically, in the immuno-oncology speak, you call this as a activation of immune system uh, by inhibiting DPP-8 and 9 and uh, blocking the immune evasion through the fibroblast activating protein. So particularly, we chose uh, pancreatic tumor because it's a cold tumor, and our agent does the activation of uh, innate immunity. So that was a relevant mechanism. And also, 
around the pancreatic cancer there is a stroma and because of that t cells cannot infiltrate by inhibiting the fibroblast activating protein it allows the t cells because it creates holes like you know and it allows the t cells to infiltrate so that's the mechanism and why we have seen some of the uh, very promising results in our preclinical model that now we are testing in the clinic and are you looking at this only in combination or is this also being considered as a monotherapy we are not developing 701 as a monotherapy we believe that this agent is a active like you no know, converts cold tumors to hot and uh, its best potential is in combination of its adaptive immunity and uh, some of the checkpoints so we have two trials one in pancreatic cancer with three agents combination and nectar as as are sharing the cost of the development and pfizer and uh, mark are providing the value map as well as expertise in addition we are pursuing another tumor which is a neuroendocrine prostate cancer that results from use of extendi and zytiga which are two products sold by pfizer and j and j but due to the androgen deprivation it results into a new form of a cancer called a neuroendocrine prostate cancer there we are combining 701 with ketruda mox drug uh, because none of the checkpoint inhibitors have demonstrated uh, promising results and we believe combination of 701 with adaptive immunity agents or checkpoint inhibitors uh, can provide uh, like you know much better responses and both of them are in clinic and we are testing them right now And what's the strategy moving forward? Are you continuing to try to build your pipeline, or are you trying to get to a commercial product as fast as possible? So for five hundred one, we believe that it's a caregiver product. It will be given in the emergency room, nursing homes, like you know, uh, in settings where there are like you know either doctors or uh, nurses can provide this care. So sales force requirement is not that huge. So our goal will be. to uh, do commercialization and we will seek either to do commercialization in US and seek for partner in Europe and rest of the world and or look for a co-commercialization partner in US and Europe so we do intend uh, for 501 program to take it to commercialization and for 701 program it is in early stages of uh, like you know human poc so once we have that and knowing the path of development whether it's accelerated approval or a breakthrough designation what we get then we will make those decisions and in reality we already have partners in place who have the ability to help us uh, expand the development of 701 as well as be able to uh, if they are interested uh, in the data be able to uh, take it all the way to commercialization so we have developed a plan for the company to go both directions and in terms of the vision of the company is to come up with one new drug application like you know filing every 4 to 5 years using our ai platform to build a sustainable pipeline beyond 501 and 701 vamel meta ceo and founder of bioxcel therapeutics vamel thanks so much for your time today thank you very much for having me it was my pleasure Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. 
to automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.